It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Follow the show on Twitter at L O Thunderpod. Email the show L O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show 405 362 7128. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the NBA draft. And I'm going to give you my NBA Draft Big Board, and this show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com, find all the parts your car will ever need for reliable low prices with their amazing selection, all the parts your car will ever need. So I do want to dive into the NBA Draft Big Board, but don't forget next week, at the end of next week, I want to have a voicemail episode, uh, so we'll see how that goes. I do want you to call into the show, 405-362-7128. Leave a voicemail with a question, comment, concern, take, opinion, whatever. And I'll react to them on the show. Your number again to call 405-362-7128. And we start with the NBA Draft Big Board because we've been teasing it all week long. Uh, but things kept popping up. We had the the Chris Paul rumors uh, the, the day before with the New York Knicks. We had uh, the NBA Finals. We had Chris Paul saying he would be fine playing Oklahoma City for the rest of his career. We've had a lot to get to. So it's been pushed further and further down the line, and I do want to get to the draft big board today. Obviously, you might not have time for all 30 names, but we will get a big chunk of it done today, and we've already covered Anthony Edwards, Killian Haynes, Big O, and LaMelo Ball. So for a brief overview, Edwards number one, Haynes is my number two, Big O is my number three, and LaMelo Ball is my number four. Um, I just have them all ranked there because I think that Edwards is the safest talent in this draft. He is someone that I think has a very high floor. Might not have the highest ceiling, though. I would probably give that honor to Killian Hayes. Uh, and then I, I love Big O, the, the center from USC. Kind of does everything. He does everything you ask him to do. I think that he's very versatile. I think that if you want him to play that small ball five and play in this smaller style, uh, kind of doing what Bam is doing right now, you, he could totally fit that role. That's probably the best role he has in his arsenal is that small ball five, that versatile playmaking five like Bam. But I feel like if you have a matchup in which you need him to be a traditional center, he can do that as well. So I love his versatility at three. And then LaMelo Ball at number four, because I just think that he has the the biggest boomer bust potential. But if he booms, it'll be incredibly well. But I worry a lot about the shot. And he says he's not going to change his shot. We'll see if that holds true once NBA teams get their hands on him. But as of right now, he says he's not going to change his shot. He said that to us at the NBA Media Combine interviews. And I would, again, take that with a grain of salt, and it really will depend on 
what this first season looks like to me. But the writing's on the wall there for him to possibly be a stubborn player. If he goes out there this first year, and while the shot looks unorthodox and it doesn't look um, fundamentally sound, if it works, that's fine too. But if it doesn't work, will he be able to adjust and adapt? Will he be able to um, make the proper adjustments, or will he be stubborn and keep his bad shot? We'll see what he does for his career. But I still think he's a heck of a player. I would still take a chance on him, and he's still my number four prospect. Number five, I have Therese Halliburton. I think that Therese Halliburton, the 20-year-old guard from Iowa State that stands 6'5", 175, 6'8", wingspan, is probably the best playmaker in this draft. I mean, can you find a better pure playmaker than Therese Halliburton? I do worry about the jump shot, and I do worry about his ability to consistently knock down the jump shot at the NBA level with NBA defenses going up against him. I do worry about the fact that he doesn't have that shift of gears. And he's been often compared to Shea, and he doesn't really agree with that that, that comparison. He, he says that, look, I think that the comparison starts and stops with the fact that we're both tall guards. And that's what he told me last week when I asked him straight up about that comparison. And, you know, I can see some Shea in his game for sure, but the thing that worries me and, and the thing that he's missing that Shea has is Shea makes the game look effortless. Shea makes the game look as though he's not even trying and that he's just as smooth as silk when he's playing basketball. It's a joy to watch. But Shea can switch gears. Shea can go from that under control, poised, it looks like he's not even running, to a quick burst of the rim from the three-point line. I don't know where that quick twitch, where that where that get-off speed comes from, from Therese because you didn't see it in college. You didn't see it. You, you didn't see him blow by defenders on his way to the rim. It was as though he was playing in slow motion. So I wonder about his his speed. And he dealt with some injuries in college, so maybe the injuries hampered him a little bit. But I wonder about his, his second gear, his ability to change those speeds and get get by defenders at the NBA level. Because if he cannot get to the rim and you don't, you know, you don't really trust him as an off-the-dribble shooter, what does that leave him offensively? Again, heck of a playmaker. Might be the best playmaker in this class. But I do worry about those two things. I think that he will do all of the little things right, the gritty things right, and so that will make it to where fan bases love this guy. I mean, think about the type of players fans love. They love the heart and hustle players. They love the gritty players. And that's what Therese Halliburton is going to do at that guard position. I think he'd be a heck of a defender in the NBA. As long as he will lock in defensively, I think he'll be a heck of a defender. A lot of that will do with coaching because I do think he's going to be very coachable. If he'll lock in defensively, and it's kind of like what we talked about with Shea a couple of days ago whenever we talked about what young players need to improve on. They both have the size and the ability physically to be gifted defenders. Are they going to use it? Are they going to lock in and do it? Because defense is a lot about want to. Defense is a lot about effort. They're going to give that effort on both sides of the floor. That goes to the same for Shea. All in all, he is still my fifth best prospect in this draft because of that playmaking, because of the fact that you can play him off the ball. And... It's tough because offensively, with his off-ball shooting numbers, 
he might be best suited to get buckets off the ball. But then again, his best asset offensively is his playmaking, and how can you do that off the ball? How can you do that if you're taking the, the ball out of his hands? Because he can, he can handle the ball so well. He can pass and get passes off that you just think to yourself, how did he find, how did he thread the needle there to get it to that, to the, to that guy? So he is versatile like Shea. I, I, I have full confidence in if you want to play him off ball, he can do that. If you want to give him the point guard role, he can do that as well. But the thing is, I, I do kind of pigeonhole him offensively as someone who's going to be the best asset is playmaking. Their best asset will be playmaking. And it's going to be better than whatever he gives you in the catch and shoot numbers at the NBA level. So, to me, that means that he has to be on ball and he has to be given the opportunity to set up other teammates instead of set up other guys. So then maybe he is just a point guard at the NBA level. Offensively, that is. He's an interesting prospect, and I really like him in this draft, and I have him at number five. Number six is going to be Denny. I'm going to give his last name a shot. Denny Aviche. He is someone who I know a lot of people are in love with, and... A lot of you out there really, really like him. I mean, I, I've gotten in my mentions since we've been doing these uh, draft interviews and I've been posting them on Twitter and live tweeting the interviews that I've been involved with. A lot of you think he's the best player in this draft. And I have him at number six. Um, I think that his floor, again, extremely high. And you'll, you'll hear that a lot throughout this draft discussion. I think that his floor is someone who can score the ball at will on the interior and can set players up from that post position. And so that nets you at worst, probably a backup power forward for five, 10, six, you know, five, 10 years. And that worst case scenario in supposedly a weak draft is very appealing. So that's the case for a lot of these guys. Their worst case scenario is still an NBA good, is a good NBA player, a valuable NBA player. They just don't have the potential that Zion does or that Luca did or that Trey Young does or, or, they don't have that potential. And we'll find out exactly what Denny's potential is coming up. But first, I want to say about good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you probably didn't know how to work an email properly. You had dial-up internet, so whenever your landline wrong, the internet shut down, you were lost. I was lost. Everyone was lost 20 years ago. But you could have been going to rockauto.com and buying all the parts in your car would ever need with their amazing selection and reliably low prices. Look, I know nothing about cars, and it might make me a weird spokesperson for Rock Auto, I would admit. However, I think I'm the best spokesman for rockauto.com because I know nothing about cars and because I can vouch for them making it super, super, super easy for people like me to find exactly what they need Whenever you go to rockout.com, you just have to put your make, your model, your year into their database, and then they will only show you car parts that are compatible with your vehicle. That way you're not wasting any money on parts that will not fit with your car. It is so simple, so perfect. Tell them Lockdown sent you, and the handles you hear about this box, and they'll know what to do from there. That is rockout.com. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. The show is on Twitter at L O Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. And let's continue this NBA draft big board conversation, staying with Denny and staying with what his potential is. Because I think his, his, his floor is a good score on the, on the interior and a playmaker from that post position, which is still valuable. I worry, though, about his floor spacing. I worry, although his shot looks smooth. I mean, it's not the case of Therese Halliburton having an odd shot, LaMelo Ball having an odd shot. Someone we're going to talk about later on, RJ Hampton, the last time we saw him in an actual game, having an odd shot, although he's fixed that with Mike Miller and things like that. Apparently, in an open gym, he's fixed it. However, with Thinney, his shot looks good. His shot looks like it should go in. I mean, that looks almost textbook, Denny's jump shot, but it doesn't go in. It just doesn't go in. He's a streaky shooter, and as you know, I am someone who values a lot on free throw percentage. I think that the free throw percentage can translate and can give you an indicator of how good a player can or cannot be as a perimeter shooter. He does not shoot the ball well from, from the line either. He doesn't have that top-end speed, which he's a post player, so maybe you're not going to need it as much. Maybe you could just be a floor spacer and a, and a post player, but if that shot's not there, obviously that limits how good he can be be as a floor spacer. I do worry, though, because of that speed, the the defense, I'm not sure how good he can be defensively. I, I, don't, I think he might be a defensive liability um, whenever you get him one-on-one situations. And then you go to the positives. And the positive is, yet again, here's another great playmaker, a solid ball handler for a post player, great passer for a post player, great in the pick-and-roll game. So he has a lot of upside for his basketball IQ, for his scoring on the interior, for his playmaking. He makes the right rotation, so if you're going to play a zone or if you're going to switch everything, maybe that helps cover up his bad defense in the one-on-one situations. But... To me, there's more guys with higher upsides and with more pluses in the plus category than Denny, and that drops him down to eight, which is still good. And then number seven is James Wiseman. And I'm going to admit here, I might be overvaluing James Wiseman. And I'm going to admit the bias on the front end. I had James Wiseman, number one on my big board, at the year's starting point. He got into trouble with Memphis, so he had a lot of red flags to answer out of high school. And red flags that could have easily been answered in, in college. It's not red flags that you just have to take years and years to develop. See, the problem out of, out of high school was he was disengaged defensively. At times, he lacked effort. At times, you know, he looked as though he wasn't in condition. He didn't have the stamina. And, and that could have just been not, not a stamina. That could have just been he is simply better than everyone else. And you simply get tired of going up against lesser competition. So at the college level, a lot of that stuff goes away. And that happens for a lot of players. But due to the violations with Penny Hardaway, he didn't get to play but like three games in, in college. And I think only one was against a, a top competition. I think they played Oregon, if I remember right, um, in his, in his uh, first season at Memphis. Obviously, he left after that. To me, I have him this high because I just think that 
he, we couldn't have all been wrong on, on James Wiseman. I think that James Wiseman still has an immense talent. And in this draft class in which, you know, you're struggling to find that talent and you're struggling to find that potential, James Wiseman could be that guy because those red flags are easily explainable. If those red flags were not explainable, I'd drop him down even further because he did not get to answer those questions. But those are the big questions to me coming out of high school. And we saw this year another step toward positionless basketball, another step toward small ball center. James Wiseman doesn't really fit that to me. So I think that that's another reason why he falls. I mean, he doesn't fit Memphis. He doesn't, excuse me, he doesn't fit Minnesota. He doesn't fit Golden State. Where does he fit? Who needs a traditional big man? I don't think that he'll ever be a, a lights-out shooter from beyond the arc. I think that he understands how to shoot the basketball. Look, his, his shot form looks good. His mechanics look great. He is a good interior scorer. But we've never seen him knock down the perimeter shooter, you know, the perimeter jump shot, so I'm not going to just automatically give him that perimeter jump shot. Although he can shoot it very well, and he looks good shooting it. But there's a lot of guys who understand how to shoot, and their shot can look good, but their shot never goes in. And I think that that's going to be something that Wiseman will deal with. For Wiseman, I'm not looking for him to be a lights-out three-point shooter. And I think that if you go into this hoping that he'll all of a sudden turn into one, you're going to be vastly disappointed. But the way that he protects the rim, the way that he can score on the post-ups, the way that he can get rebounds, the way that that he measures out, it's, it's all elite. Great rebounder, great, great interior defender, great interior scorer. There's still a role for that in today's NBA. Is that role worth the first overall pick? Probably not, especially given who is picking there. But there is still a role for that in the NBA. And I'll give him this, which this can be a benefit or a or a disaster. And in high school, at least, he was comfortable shooting the basketball. And and sometimes almost too much, but he was comfortable shooting the basketball. If you left him open, he was going to take that shot. And that's half the battle for these big men. I mean, look at Steven Adams. Deathly afraid of shooting at the NBA level. He'll shoot it in practice. He'll shoot it in the preseason. But for some reason, that goes away in the regular season. So either the Thunder are are doing some 4D chess where they're every year running the same script of, oh, yeah, Adams... He's going to shoot threes this year. He's going to shoot threes this year just to, you know, fool their first month's worth of opponents before people realize he's not going to actually shoot threes again. Or they truly wanted him to shoot threes. And in the big moments, whenever the lights actually turn on, he doesn't feel comfortable shooting the three-point shot. With Wiseman, his shot looks good and he's comfortable shooting the three-point shot. Now you just got to work on how are those shots going to go in. So I do like James Wiseman here at number seven. And maybe I have him above a couple of guys, and we'll talk about those couple of guys who I have him above. Maybe I have him above a couple of guys who I shouldn't just because of the, the narrative around him in the preseason, but I still really do like James Wiseman. I, I do. The only thing I don't like is the fact that he didn't get this college season to prove those red flags wrong. Because those red flags, as I said, easily explainable. 
They're, they could have easily been, really, they could have been, you know, a non-starter in a month's time by the time conference play started. That's how little you needed to see to ensure that those red flags were not going to stay around. But obviously, he never gets that chance because of the NCAA. But you have a chance to go to Billboard.com right now and save $10 off. That is right. $10 off at Billboard.com when you use the promo code Locked on. Billboard.com is having a limited release strawberry flavor. It's seriously so good. With 12% off your order through October 12th, they are partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, Living Beyond Breast Cancer. Built Bar will match your donation to any organizations listed just now up to $50 per order. Plus, 100% of the proceeds from Built Bar's Breast Cancer Awareness Hoodie will go to these organizations to help support breast cancer patients and their families. Breast Cancer Awareness Hoodies are nineteen ninety-five, $12 off every order now through October 12th and then Locked On gets you 10% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors as well as this limited release strawberry flavor. They have caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple lemon crisp. Built Bars are a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to Bilbo.com. Use promo code Locked On. The bars are soft and easy to chew. 100% chocolate on the outside. They are great for losing or maintaining weight. They are fantastic for the keto diet with low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Uh, they are just phenomenal. Go to Bilbo.com. Use promo code Locked On. Get ten dollars off the next order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget, at the end of the next week, I want to have a voicemail episode. So call into the show, 405-362-7128. And I want to continue this big board episode as we've gotten through number seven now. Let's conclude the top eight with Terrell Terry. Terrell Terry, for me, is a top eight player in this draft, and he's had a wild ride this season. At one time, um, he was listed on most people's big boards mid-20s, and then he went to early 20s, and now I think he's pretty much everyone's top 10 now. Terrell Terry is the Stanford guard that's 19 years old, 6'2", 160, lights out three-point shooter, and that's the big thing for me. Lights out three-point shooter, 40% from beyond the arc. He hustles. He shoots the ball well. He has a high basketball IQ. Basically, he's everything you would love in a guard. I mean, everything. And his floor to me, as we do the floor and ceiling again, his floor to me, the Jet. I mean, as a Mavericks fan growing up, I, I just remember Jason Terry was never the superstar, but damn if he didn't get you a bucket anytime you needed it. If he wasn't always there to help you in the big moments. If he wasn't always there knocking down big jump shots. He can, at worst, Terrell Terry can stay in this league by getting you all the points you can need especially off that bench. So maybe his floor is even Seth Curry. But if we've learned anything in these last five years of watching basketball, 10 years of watching basketball, the three-point shot will play at the NBA level. If you can shoot threes, there's going to be a role for you. 
Look, if Mike Muscala can't shoot threes, Sam Presti ain't flying to Minnesota last offseason in the midst of the entire franchise changing before our eyes, losing your franchise pillar in Russell Westbrook. He still made time to go fly to Minnesota just because Muscala could possibly shoot threes at the NBA level. Obviously, the signing did not work out too terribly well. But if he can't shoot threes, he's of no value. Three-point shots make the NBA go round, and, Jay, and, and Jason Terry and Terrell Terry can do just that. And even though he's only 6'2", and, and he did tell us that he has grown, uh, he's 6'3", with shoes on now, even though he is 6'3", now, he can still play off the ball because he can find ways around the defense and get open shots and catch and shoot. You can also especially shoot threes off the bounce, which helps him, I think, be a better playmaker and will help him be a better playmaker at the NBA level. I think that at times he can get lazy whenever he's dribbling and lackadaisical. Obviously, you got to clean that up at the NBA level. But his three-point shot and his ability to compete and, and his aggressiveness defensively. Again, I've talked about it before. Defense is all about want to. He wants to, despite his frame, be good defensively. And so I think he can be competitive defensively at the NBA level. He's not going to be a Lou Dort defensively, but he's also not going to be a liability. So I like that from Terrell Terry. And I have him at number eight. And if the Thunder somehow got Terrell Terry, I would be so, so happy. They have interviewed Terrell Terry. Obviously, doesn't mean anything. They've inter- they interviewed Trey Young a couple of years ago. They interviewed Victor Oladipo whenever he came out in the draft. But still, they interviewed Terrell Terry. If and if they trip to get him, I'd be over the moon to have Terrell Terry and Shea and Dort and Baisley and whatever else happens this offseason. But Terrell Terry is one of my favorite prospects in this draft. In fact, despite being eight on my big board, he might be my personal favorite prospect in this draft. I just see a long career for Terrell Terry. If I had to bet right now who has the longest career in the NBA in this upcoming NBA draft, it's Terrell Terry because of that three-point shot. There is always going to be a role for someone who can shoot the three ball at that 40% or better clip. Always. Always, always, always. I love Terrell Terry. He's in my top 10. The Thunder have 14 future first-round picks, so they can move and shake and get their way up there if they want them. The question is, do they want to invest all of that for Terrell Terry or wait it out and play the waiting game for future drafts that are supposed to be very, very loaded. I mean, check out next year's class and the year after that. Those two classes are supposed to be incredible. Uh, we'll see how they pan out from there. Look, this was a very fun episode. We only got through eight prospects. Tomorrow, we're going to keep chipping away at the NBA Draft Big Board. And again, at some point, the Thunder will hire a head coach. I don't know when it's going to be, but eventually they'll hire a head coach. So we'll cover that as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can let me know what you want to talk about on this show, your questions, your takes, your opinions, anything, fake trades, anything, fake coaching hires, anything you want to talk about, NBA draft feedback, whatever. We'll talk about it on this show every single day. This show is a daily podcast about your Thunder, the only daily podcast about your Oklahoma City Thunder. So be sure to subscribe and listen, rate, review, wherever it is you get your podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to keep chipping away at the NBA Draft Big Board. Be good. And be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.